one of the things the research taught me, I mean, this is not me speaking, this is research speaking at the moment. And it's, you go with your gut. You know your body better than anybody. And if your diagnosis doesn't feel right, what I do now, as I say, two, I do two things. Well, of course, I get a second opinion. We covered that. But you want to ask your doctor, what else could this possibly be? And that way you can go home. If you have access to a computer, look it up, do your own research. Does it feel like it fits? And sometimes it will. Hey, midlifers. Welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. We have a great guest today. All of our guests are great, but <laughs> this one's going to be extraordinary, I can tell. Extremely great. <laughs> Extremely great. Today's special guest is Susan Salinger. She is a nonfiction writer and avid reader of foodie, especially dark chocolate, me too, and author of the new book, Sideline. How Women Can Navigate a Broken Healthcare System. I love it. Sidelined explores the various hurdles women must jump to get the healthcare they want. It examines the many ways in which women have been conditioned not to act in their own best interest when it comes to their health. Susan was born and raised in Los Angeles, woohoo, and attended UCLA to study English. After graduation, she worked alongside her husband, Fred, for 25 years at their production company, Salinger Films, which produced corporate training and development films distributed worldwide. How cool. Today at age 80, oh my gosh. You look so, I just had a birthday. Whoa, girl, you look, <laughs> you look so good. You're doing something right. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Susan lives in Northern California to be near her incredible family, which includes her two daughters, four grandchildren, oh my gosh, a cat named Max, and a dog named J.D., as in J.D. Salinger. When she is not speaking about her new book or spending time with family and friends, you will find Susan powerlifting to stay in shape, I can tell. Susan, welcome <laughs> to the show. Oh my well, gosh. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, so... First question for you, what inspired you to write this book? Well, you know, it was kind of, a, it's a weird story in the sense that many, many years ago, when I was like in my 30s or 40s, whatever, I had some, I agreed to have some surgery that I knew I didn't need. I was positive mm. I didn't, but I had some vaginal bleeding and the doctor mm. said, you know, he was looking for ovarian cancer. I knew he was, and I got frightened. So I agreed to it. Anyway, they did the surgery, found nothing, and I was fine. So, Okay. 
you know, let's fast forward to 20 or whatever years later, 30 years later, when I finally retired and I went back to school because I, well, I retired for 12 seconds. That did not work for me. So I went back to school and did a project on women who had hysterectomies. And much to my surprise, many of the women I interviewed had also agreed to the surgery, even though they didn't think they needed it. So that sort of triggered my memory. And I thought, well, you know, what's going on here? How do we as women make medical decisions? How do we know, how, how do we do it? So I interviewed about 50 or 60 women all of whom had different diseases and really just sort of extrapolated some of the things that they had in common and some of the decisions they made, some of which were great, some not so great, and just looked at, looked at it, analyzed it, and hence a book. That is so interesting about your story because I brought that up a few episodes ago. Uh, we were talking about menopause, and I brought up about my mom having a hysterectomy, which she's almost 80, so it was in that same time frame. And I think a lot of them, like a lot of these doctors just didn't know what to do, like exactly. with peri perimenopause and menopause. They're like, let's yeah. just yank it out, you know? Right. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And it's so great that you have this book out there because it is letting women know that they have a choice. If you don't feel right about it, then speak up about it. Right. And I, I read, I wanted to read this uh, because... I was looking at your website. I love this quote. I love this woman, Maya Angelou. Oh, isn't she fabulous? Oh, I love her. And she says, I'm interested in women's health because I'm a woman. I'd be a darn fool to not be on my own side. Right. Isn't that beautiful? It's so I perfectly said. said. Yeah. Yeah. Said. Yeah. And, I, I, and I've said before on the show, like the greatest thing I did for myself is to become my own best friend, to yes. actually finally stand up for myself. Yeah. And and to be on my own side. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as women, we're caretakers. We gotta take care of, you know, the spouses and the kids right. and and even the, the our our kids friends and you yeah. know what I mean? We take right. care of everybody. And then we're like, oh, wait a minute. And then sometimes we <laughs> we wait so long until you get that diagnosis and you're like, shit. Well, you know, we put ourselves yeah. last. We yeah. it, There was a really fun study done where researchers asked, they gave women five things to prioritize. They gave them a list, you know, what would you put first, second, third? So, of course, we take care of our children first. Yep. And second, we take care of our pets. I loved that. <laughs> Three, yeah. we take care of our elderly parents. So, as you know, as an elderly parent, that did concern me that my kids might put their dog ahead of me. But, yeah. oh, well, <laughs> that's not good. You're like, wait a minute. Um, yeah, exactly. Hold on here. Uh, number four, we take care of our significant other. And then, of course, number five and last is ourselves. And I think that that's just really r typical. It's, it's it's our socialization, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We're and here. even like they say, uh, you know, on the, the flight attendant says on the, on the airplane, airplane yeah. yeah, to put the, the oxygen mask on you first. Right. Because right. you can't help anybody else if you can't help yourself. You know, so many women, like I, I was, because uh, I, I am not this way, they yeah. I was blown away. They delay going to the doctor because they can't, you know, they have a project at work or they got to take care of their kids. And mm -hmm. meanwhile, you're trying to work, you're trying to take care of your kids. You feel like crap. Yep. I mean, you're better off just go get your antibiotic or whatever you yep. need, feel better and go back to work. I mean, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. But we all do it, you if, know. If you, if you could, not that we can, but if you could go back <laughs> in time, um, when you got that, you know, when they said, oh, let's just 
you'll just do a hysterectomy. What right. would you what would you have done differently during that time? Oh, so many. You know, I had mm. now that I now that I'm older and looking back, I mean retrospect is always a hundred percent. This me off. There it is. <laughs> I don't really. But I oh I had so many options. First of all, I could have waited. I, I had tried some new medication. I, I was on a, a, I forgot what for, for osteoporosis. And he there was some new medication that came out, and the guy said to me, you know, let's try it. It's supposed to be better for your bones. So mm. great. Okay, I'll try it. So that's when I started the bleeding. So the first thing I do differently is I would have gone, just gone off the medication for a week, gone back on the old one and see what happened. Okay. Or I could have gotten a second opinion, or I could have done some research on the new medication and taken charge myself and said, Hey, it must be the pills, Um, which it obviously was to me. Yeah. So I mean, th- those are major things. I would never to in the in right now, never again, not get a second opinion. That's the most important thing I'm going to yes. say on the podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> true. Yeah, a second opinion is an is excellent advice. Um, yeah, is. a second opinion and exploring different options. Um, for you know, maybe okay, maybe something does need to be done. Right. Um, you, right. you'll need some treatment. But after right. you get that second opinion, okay, maybe some, I mean, even in other countries, they're doing some amazing things that we're not doing here in the States or whatever. I mean, there's so many options now yes. and really just taking the time to do some research. You know, it takes time to process. And yeah. honestly, what I didn't realize until I did the research mm-hmm. is there's about maybe 30, 40,000 different diseases out there. Mm-hmm. Those are the diseases we know yeah. about. So God knows how many are out there that we don't know about. Yeah. But and many of those diseases share similar symptoms. So for your doctor, I mean, well, some doctors are incompetent. I mean, so are some plumbers, some hairdressers. I mean, you know, that's yeah. true in any profession. But yeah. it, for the doctor, a diagnosis is really tricky. It's not a cut and dried situation. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's a, it's a guess. It's an educated guess. But I think a second opinion is so important because we see what we expect to see. So if you talk about stress and you go to the cardiologist, he may, he's, he's going to check your heart and yeah. a psychologist is going to suggest you go into therapy mm-hmm. and a gastroenterologist will check your stuff. I mean, you just yep. need to have a different perspective. Yeah. You don't want to have a serious treatment. You don't want chemotherapy if you don't have cancer, if that's a mistake. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, and there's some things, right. That are not reversible. Exactly. Yeah. Like a history. Yeah, like a hysterectomy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think back for me, I think I shared with you before we hit record, when I started getting into yoga was when I had, I had a pinched nerve and unfortunately I had none of them were my fault. I had a lot of car accidents when I was a teenager and then even in my twenties. Yes. And, um, so I have a couple of herniated discs. I have two up in my neck and I have like one in my low back. I know it's awful. Yeah. And thankfully, I owned several doctor's offices. I used to see a ton of x-rays where people would have gotten the surgery and they were just miserable after. And so I know I was like, oh, my God. But all the doctors would say is, "Okay, you need to have surgery. You need to have surgery. I was like, I don't want to have surgery, (laughs) you know, but I knew enough back then. I'm like, I am not going to have surgery. We're not going to do there's got to be a better way. Right. And sure enough, I mean, I, and, and even though it took a long time with research and figuring out different things that I could do, I ended up getting um, a couple of injections that actually helped tremendously. 
And then, um, and then just doing yoga lifestyle changes and I keep the inflammation down that way. I can like literally, I I know when like the disc like will pop out and go back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that must be painful. Yeah. So, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way. And, and plus I want to say too, I, you have to be really proactive about it. Um, and listen to yourself. Like it's so easy to listen to your friends and your family. Well, I did this, so you should do this. And this is, and it might go against what they want you to do. Right. No, absolutely. One of the things the research taught me, I mean, this is not me speaking, this is Mm -hmm. research speaking at the moment and you go with your gut. Yes. You know your body better than anybody. And if your diagnosis doesn't feel right, what yeah. I do now, as I say, two, I do two things. Well, of course, I get a second opinion. We covered that. Yeah. But you want to ask your doctor, what else could this possibly be? Yes. And that way you can go home. If you have access to a computer, look it up, do your own research. Does it feel like it fits? Right. And sometimes it will, you know. Yeah, you have to kind of take that holistic approach to it. Mm-hmm. because you're just like, so like, okay, you know, you go to a gynecologist. Well, a gynecologist is going to concentrate on anything gynecology, well, that, yeah, <laughs> you know, right? right? That's, that's my point. Yeah. So it could be something else going on in your body that's causing that issue. And then, you know, what can you personally do in your everyday life to help it, right? To yeah. ease those symptoms or yeah. to, uh, to hopefully make it go away. Frequently, there's a lot you can do. And I, yeah. you know, it's back of my book, and I do want to just plug this because it's really mm-hmm. the most important part of the book is there's a, a, a whole list of resources. I, I think everybody should do their own research. So frankly, yeah. I've done it for you. You don't have to look everywhere. Just go to the back of my book nice. and it'll tell you where, you know, like Mayo Health Clinic or where it'll tell you where to go. It'll tell you how to research your doctor, how to research your disease, how to research the hospital. Yeah. Some hospitals specialize in cardiology, others specialize in neurology. So you want to go to the best possible place. I love that you did that and, and making it simple for everyone because I I really did. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one great thing that we have, like, you know, we have social media, we have Google, Dr. Google, you know, out there and you can do a ton, like you just go in this rabbit hole. You just like keep going and going and going and going. At the same time, like, it's great that we have all these resources, but it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, people will end up going, well, I don't even know what to do. Like, it's just like, fine, I'll just do whatever the doctor said. Right. So I love that you did that. Like, you did all the hard work. I did. Yeah. And made it simple. So, so what, what else? Oh, go ahead. Women hesitate to get second opinions more than men. Men get them more easily. Interesting. Um, we don't want to be rude. We don't want to upset the doctor. You know, there's, a, you know, we, we're, we're taught to play nice. Yes, um, but we're people we pleasers do. and we, yes, exactly. you know, we exactly. don't want to upset the apple cart. You no, know, it's, it's true. <laughs> you I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so oh, sorry. no, no, it's okay. Um, oh, so there was another quote I saw on your website. Um, it was from AARP that every 90 seconds, a woman in this country is having a heart attack. Right. Right. That is crazy. I know. Isn't that amazing? And I don't, I think that's prop. that was from, I forget, a while back, but it's still true. Heart disease kills one in five women. Isn't that an amazing statistic? Yeah. 
women are so this is one of the really interesting mm. things I found is that women are so ashamed of not feeling well or of not of, of being sick. And yep. so they don't call the doctor. There was this crazy little study done where the researchers asked women if they were having a heart attack, a group of women, how many of them would call 911? And you know that only about half or even less than half would call 911. They were too ashamed. They didn't want the paramedics to see their messy house. They didn't wow. want to their families. They didn't want to bother anybody. Yeah. But the shame of the messy house. I mean. Yeah. Or if you didn't have your hair done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. I forgot to get my pedicure. So I'll just lie here and die. Yeah. What if they <laughs> see my toes? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, we don't want to be a burden on anyone. Right. Exactly. No, that's you know? exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. We're used to being the ones that, you know, that what help the help the people who are the burden. We're not we're not supposed to be the burden. Exactly. So tell me more about the book. What besides the resources that are in the back there? What other um, what other sections that are in there that are helpful? The thing that I think struck me the most is the shame, Mm. which is shame so many of the women I met regardless of their disease they blamed their disease whatever it was on stress and they felt that their stress was so great that they obviously couldn't manage it and their stress had made Mm. them sick and if you take that a step further what they were saying is that their their disease was almost a public advertisement that look how Mm. stressed I am and look how I cannot manage my life because my Mm. life makes me sick so they hesitated to, clinically speaking, they hesitated to call the doctor. They were too embarrassed. They were afraid the doctor was going to say, yes, you're just stressed. You obviously can't manage things. So they didn't go. I mean, I heard that time and time again in many different formats. But yeah, that, was- that is so interesting. Yeah, well, I thought so. many, many of us women, my, myself included, can be such a perfectionist about, about ourselves, about our lives. And we want to appear as if we have our shit together all the time. And I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you end up with a diagnosis and you have to like go have surgery or something like that, God forbid, then you're basically saying, yeah, I, you know, like as if you screwed up something. Absolutely. Yeah. No. And I, I can see that too. I really can. But so, yeah, and a lot of that is just that forgiveness and acceptance of, of who and you I are. Think, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, very much so. Yeah. And I think forget how random illness is. I mean, some people get COVID and some don't. Yep. Some alcoholics get liver disease and yep. some don't. I mean, et cetera. Yeah. So it's really just the luck of the draw. Yeah. Um, Many times, not always, obviously. Yeah, and I would have to say that's the most important thing is is to really get your emotions in check. When, you know, if you get a diagnosis, to say, it's okay, I love myself anyway, it's it's right. going to be all right, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, it's not to have that shame and that guilt that we right. And I, I love what do. you're saying, because mm. also what, what was inherent in what you were saying is take that time and process it. Give yourself yeah. some time to to think things and that's not what I did I did not think things through I just reacted had my surgery yep. you know don't do that I mean you know this this is do what I do what I say not what I do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah yeah really just uh giving yourself some grace and forgiveness and because emotions are energy and so if you go 
you know, you start thinking all these horrible things about yourself right. or about the diagnosis or what could happen, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Those emotions alone can cause you to get even more sick. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They do. Then yeah. now you not only have to get well physically, but you have to sort of take care of yourself emotionally. I mean, you've doubled your your healing burden. Let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so I mean, it's it's a challenge. But I, I love what you said, too, is like taking that time out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important. And I would have to say, too, unless it's like a really severe diagnosis, like you don't have to like race and do something exactly. tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the that's the key. I mean, if it's an emergency, don't you don't have a choice. You just, you know, hope. But right. if it's yeah. not an emergency, you have all kinds of choices. Right. Exactly. Maybe you know, going what, back to second opinions. This was so interesting. I was on a podcast with a doctor and here's something I didn't even think of. She mm. said she loves when people get a second opinion mm. because it confirms her or not confirms her diagnosis. But she said it helps her if there's ever medical malpractice and the person's got a second or even a third opinion that has supported her original diagnosis. Yeah. So for her, she said it's really lovely. And I never thought of that angle. It never occurred to me. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. And like you were yeah. saying before, like most yeah. of us will like not get the second opinion because we right. we don't want to appear as though we don't trust that doctor. Right, exactly, exactly. And he, the doctor, your doctor, they're the best ones to help you get that second opinion. Yeah, um, and, and sometimes maybe it is finding the right doctor. Like if you don't feel yeah. comfortable, right? Like maybe that Maybe you ended up in the ER and and they refer you to a doctor and they officially right. diagnose you, but maybe you don't like the doctor and yeah. stand up and go find the doctor that you like. Exactly. And that ha that can happen. I mean, not everybody likes everybody else. I mean, it's the way yeah. of the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Different. Not everybody likes us? <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't that an amazing <laughs> thing to say? And I said it so casually, right? <laughs> That's the beauty of like when you do get older, though, you're like, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's true. I was saying, like, you can't be all things to all people, but you can nope. be all things to yourself, right? Exactly. You're so right, Wendy. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. So, where can we find you? Oh, my goodness. I'm all over. I'm on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, any bookstore that where you can get books. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. But my TikTok site, but besides my name, it's Susan Salinger, whatever it is. But it's grandma.gains. That's my weightlifting site. And it's really fun. It's oh, my fun. gosh. I just <laughs> love you. That is so cool. Oh, I, I really, well, I don't like lifting. I mean, I, I don't like exercise. I actually hate it. But I love what it does for me. That's See, the best thing about it. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm in really good health for my age, I have to say. I, really I love am. that you said that, though. You may not have to you may not have to like it, but yeah. but you like what it does for you. Absolutely. I'll swear by it. Yeah, Super. I have my uh, my aunt Annie. She is almost 91. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And she still plays tennis. She, wow. yes, she's amazing. Like I'm like, I always say, I'm like, I want to be like Aunt Annie, you know, that's fabulous. And she's always been, been someone that has been an advocate for herself, for her health. Like she, you know, she'll go to the doctor. She absolutely has to, but she listens to her body. She Good takes care. She does what she can for herself, you know, before having to get to the doctor. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, I have a friend that's 94 and she still works out. She doesn't play tennis or pickleball, but, you know, <laughs> just wait. I mean, good for her. Yeah. 
<laughs> have you have you read the blue zones? No, but I know what it is. Yes. You know? Yeah. We need to get you and Dan together. I'm hoping to have him on the show in a few. Yeah. Months, no. So. And the, one of the things I did know I know about people that live in a blue zone is they exercise. They walk yep. a lot. Yeah. That's and then that. but they actually don't even belong to a gym. No, no. Yes. It's their lifestyle. There was actually a, a lady that I had on the show recently. She said something that I was like, oh, I was like, I had never thought of it that way. I mean, I learned more from my own guests, which is awesome. <laughs> but there's like many workshops for me. But she had said, she's like, most of us will go to the gym for like one hour, right? And right. that's like their burst of energy for one hour. But the other 23 yeah. hours are like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like myself included, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to yeah, go for too. a walk for one hour, then I'm going to sit my butt right here, you know? Right, exactly. But really the key is, is just to be consistently active, move yes. your body throughout the day. Yeah. Yes, that is mm -hmm. the key. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you're, I mean, always sound like there's no such thing as a lazy RVer, right? Because <laughs> like, True. I am constantly doing stuff in this RV, but yeah. it keeps me active. So yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. active. And not I'm everyone's always. in an RV, but like it, around your house, like don't, yeah. I mean, it's so easy for us nowadays to, you know, order from Uber Eats or to, to, yeah. you know, order yeah. from Whole Foods. And, there it is. Yeah, it is. it's like, no, get some steps in. Go and do as much as you can for yourself so you don't get a diagnosis. You don't, yeah. you don't, bake, you don't bake and eat your own wonderful pastries? I do. <laughs> yeah. But I just have to walk it off. Oh, yeah. No, I would in a heartbeat. The health and exercise, I mean, you know, got to be flexible. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. You have been so great. Any, any last final wise words from Susan? Well, I think so. There's always, I always there's always, yeah. um, but truly it's your body and you need to take charge of it. That that's yeah. the, message. that's the message of the book. And there's so many different ways to do that. And I think that it's really important to remember that it, you've only got the one body. So yeah. careful with it. I How's just that? said that yesterday. Were you eavesdropping? I must have been <laughs> mental telepathy. <laughs> yeah. One body. Dang it. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you think about it, like, it's the temple that, you know, carries yeah. you through. It's the vehicle that carries you through this lifetime. So, Absolutely. like, just Absolutely. honor it and love it and take good care of it, and it'll give right back to you. It, it does. It's yeah. so true. Really. Yeah. This has been awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, it was fun. Thank you so Thank much. You. Really, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change, or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.